The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny, Sestina, and company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Good evening. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy. I am your host tonight, Spencer Hager. With me, Tad Harrington, Tyler Cook. All three of us are certified financial planners. How's it going tonight, guys? Very good. Very good. Yeah, very nice. It's weird not having you in the studio, Tyler. How's everything going on your end? Anything new and exciting? It's a lot of the same. You know, this work from home since March type thing. It's been a good routine, but uh, I can't tell you waiting for the days to be back doing things like normal. But just thankful to be able to still be productive from home. And uh, a little extra family time with a 10-month-old has been great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was talking to Tad earlier, and... My girlfriend, Hannah, she just got her COVID vaccine a week ago, and I've been talking to her about it, and it's just set in that I think I'm 5D on the list pretty far down, so we'll, uh, I'll push that one out. So hopefully the vaccine comes to the financial services or guys like us here soon. Yeah, I, I, drove, in for in the, time, yeah. I drove in today, and it felt like I was driving for an hour because I'm not used to driving more than two minutes. <laughs> no, I get it. That's a, it's a gift and a curse. Being able to see people is great, but the commute times, the... Uh, the rough part about it, but awesome. Well, we got a pretty jam-packed show for tonight. Going to start off with a couple current events, some interesting stories, and then move into some 2021 tax planning and just some tax diversity tips. So starting it off, though, Bitcoin has been in the news. I see it nonstop. So I saw a story come across my way and uh, figure I had to bring it up. So apparently when it comes to Bitcoin, there's currently about $140 billion worth of value in Bitcoin that is lost or unaccessible because people either lost their passwords or lost the drives with some of the information on it. Yeah, now when they lose their passwords, they only have so many chances to actually try to recover them. So some of these guys are actually hiring big mega firms to help them try to crack their own code because they're down to two or one chances. I saw that. There was one big big exec. He had over $200 million worth and. <laughs> He posted it on Twitter or something like that, and an old uh, cybersecurity guy who worked for Facebook offered to uh, help him out, but for a uh, measly 10% of the value charge. So it's very generous of that uh, Facebook worker. I'm sure there's a lot of competition, so I don't know if 10% is the going rate. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's, Isn't that just wild, though? Because you know, I'm not sure people understand this, but it's, it's all stored on a hard drive where it has a special password to it. And if you lose the physical thing, you're out of luck. Right, so there's stories too of people losing it in in uh, trash, throwing away in trash all the way back in like 2009, when Bitcoin really first became a, a thing, and that was what you know they bought in at that point at a fraction of the prices you're seeing today. But it just it's just wild to me that you know they can do that in this scenario where it's just oh you lose your password, forget it, you just lost hundreds of millions of dollars, bad bad luck. <laughs> Think about that on a micro level too. We're talking about millions of dollars, but how many people? dabbled with bitcoin a year what was it two years ago where they had the, the huge run up and then it came back down mm-hmm. and i guarantee it a lot of people actually bought some bitcoin maybe sold some of it but were left with fractional shares 
And then now that it's gone up, what, quadrupled in the last year, uh, there's probably some money on the table. So a lot of that is probably spread across some smaller accounts, but would still have a meaningful impact for a lot of those people. No, exactly. I mean, I, I go to the gym in the morning, 5 a.m., and I'll be looking up at the screen. They'll have CNBC on, and it'll show Bitcoin up $2,000 per coin. I mean, if I had a decent amount of Bitcoin, I would be going to bed and thinking about waking up about how to get that password back. But it's yeah. interesting stuff. It's uh, I don't think Bitcoin's going to leave the uh, the big news anytime soon. I'm sure we'll be hearing about it for years to come, or I could be wrong. Yeah, that and Tesla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quick, quick story about that. So last, last week, uh, about a week ago, right before, I, I think it was at, what, 40000 a coin, something like that. And Tad, the run-up you're talking about, that was the end of 2017 because we actually did a radio show. It was December 2017. We did one of our podcast shows here, and it was at like 19,000. And so we were getting a bunch of questions. It reminded me just like right now. And then it, you know, it subsequently fell off a cliff. cliff. But last <laughs> last uh, Thursday, my mom calls me and says, hey, it's I uh, hearing a lot about this Bitcoin shit. Should I get some? And I said, mom, now I know it's time to sell. And <laughs> I started laughing. But the, the next few days, it dropped. 20% in two days. So this is just a week ago. Uh, it's now bounced back as of today. It's fluxing around the, the 30,000 or 39,000 level. So it's it's rebounded. But that's really the point I think I want people to understand when you're talking about these things or thinking about something like Bitcoin. It's extremely volatile, right? So you've got to be willing to accept risk. And it's being, I think this truly is a, a mental thing. Anytime you see Bitcoin on the news or on the internet post or whatever, it's always the picture of that shiny little gold coin. Right? And so it makes people think, oh, it's like gold, right? It's a safe haven play. But if you really watch Bitcoin, it's it's not a safe haven by any means. It's extremely volatile, a lot of ups and downs, and you really got to be willing to accept that uh, to even think about dipping your toe in the water. But what I tell most of our people we speak with is most of them, I say, I'd, be, I'd say even all, you don't need to hit Bitcoin big for your plan to work, for your financial plan to succeed. Right, that it's not. It's not about you. Don't need to hit this home run for it to work. It's it's fun, but I fear a lot of people are chasing returns. It's the greed factor again, and our job as financial planners is to coach them away from that and, and stay disciplined. Yeah, people, I'd say few and far between, get rich and make it on this stuff. I mean, a lot of people do, but for the masses, it's just it's not in the cards. You cannot count on that big win. I think more the opposite. We talked about this earlier. It's it's avoiding the big miss. You know, because this big win with Tesla or Bitcoin, and who knows where it goes from here. We're not saying that this is the end-all, be-all. It's going to stay this high. But it has just as big of a chance of, of going downward. And to have more chips than you need in that basket could be devastating to your plan. Yeah, I'd be one of those guys, if I got into it, I would have lost my password. So I, I would just be beside myself. So <laughs> Glad I don't have to stress about that. Yeah, it's a fam- fantastic point. So, yep, plenty on Bitcoin. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in sh- shows to come. Uh, another quick one, I don't think it's news to anyone, but $600 stimulus payments are rolling out. A lot of people have gotten theirs. I've gotten mine. But also, I'm sure we're not surprised, a lot of people still missing theirs, wondering when it's going to come. So it looks like the IRS did recently just update their Get My Payment portal. So it's it's not a perfect system, but... It does seem like they're trying to help people out where if you are still missing that stimulus payment, you can log into there and try and uh, track your payment, see when that's going to get to you sooner rather than later. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The uh, the stimulus payments are not perfect, and now they're talking about a third round. So 
hopefully we'll see something with that here soon. Yeah, and, and tax time's coming up too, so I know the trigger or the, they took the tax information of when you filed to distribute those payments. So when you come around this time, who knows how many, hopefully we're done with stimulus payments because hopefully the economy does better. But should we get to a point where we have more down the road, you know, you might want to e-file with your taxes, um, but something to talk to your accountant about. No, that's a great point. And uh, yeah, it's funny you say that. I hope we're done with stimulus, but I keep reading all these different strategists and economists, and it seems like everyone's pretty much already bought into the fact that we're looking at another trillion coming in. And so we'll see. It's uh, it's crazy times. Lots of money being printed. So anything, uh, anything on that, Tyler? Yeah, no, I just I just get concerned for the the longer term piece, right? It's it's this is a temporary fix for and a lot of good intentions behind it initially, you know, back in March and April when things just really were, were wild. Um and you see you know, the jobs have started to come back. We're not anywhere where we need to be, of course, but just remind them, you know, you can't use stimulus to get out of everything. So we've got to get the economy back and, and it's all about jobs. It's always been about jobs and it always will be about jobs. It's a good point. Yep. And I just saw another notification today that weekly jobless claims are going up again, at least compared to what they were expecting. So definitely uh, ready for a little bit of stimulus or just get the economy going and get people some jobs back. So uh, so that's going to be it for the interesting stories uh, coming up on a hard break here. But next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about 2021 tax planning and a couple other fun items. So stick around. Uh, reminder, you're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. All right, welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy. Again, this is Spencer Hager hosting for the evening with me. Tad Harrington, Tyler Cook, all three of us are certified financial planners. Uh, kind of similar to like we started the last segment with the Bitcoin, though. Uh, Tad, you were telling us about a, an interesting Tesla story, so go ahead and uh, and tell the listeners about that. I thought our theme was starting to um, go about it being irrational, an irrational behavior. And uh, we talked a little bit about Tesla, and their founder, Elon Musk, actually sent out a tweet last week, or this week maybe, recently, and said, buy Signal. And Signal is another app similar to WhatsApp where you can communicate with each other and, and, uh, you know, an alternative to text messaging. Well, what people did was they bought Signal, but they bought the wrong Signal. And so it was this penny stock. And I don't know anything about this company, but it ended up going up probably like 60 times its value. (laughs) And so you would think people would catch wind of this. And no, they did not. And it ended up going up consecutively for three or four days. So that just goes to show um, people just were buying it because they're hearing about it. It's in front of them. And in this case, they were actually buying the actual wrong company. Yeah, that, that's a really good window into just, I think, the investing world today. Right? People are driven by the headlines. We all see them. But again, it goes back to the just staying disciplined part. Everybody wants the hot, sexy thing. They want the next Tesla, the next Facebook, whatever. And they end up shooting themselves in the foot. That's that's crazy, Tad. I just want to make sure that people know the views and opinions of Tad Harrington are no longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's a wild story. But people get their news from Twitter and everything else, and you see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, uh, that's another one on a lot of people's minds. But another quick uh, topic we want to touch on before we jump into the tax planning, like I had prefaced during the last segment, 
is uh, a lot of people are saving a lot of cash, especially as these stimulus payments come in. So we've talked about it. I, I forget the percentage. It's tens of percentage up. But during lockdowns, COVID, people are saving a lot more money, aka a lot more money in the savings accounts at a time where you're pretty much lucky to get 0.1, in yield in those bank accounts. So it's got a lot of people asking me, you know, I'm spending less, I'm saving a lot more. What should I do with this cash as opposed to just letting it sit there and nothing? Well, we usually earmark your assets according to your goals. So if you're if you have extra money coming in, you want to think what's on my horizon? What kind of goals do I have? Do I need this money for a certain expense? Do I need to pay for school? Do I need to pay for a vacation? Do I have debt to pay down? Make a list of your goals and then try to match it up. And really anything that would be a short-term goal, so anything maybe even within five years, we typically recommend to leave that in cash. And the reason is because you know that money is going to be there when you need it. But what we're seeing now is that cash just isn't paying a lot. Cash never pays a lot. But even if we uh, rewound to 12 months ago, it was paying a lot more. And by cash, I mean your bank account. You know, now it's we always joke and say it's not paying anything. But there was always options like high-yield savings accounts that could pay you a percent, two percent. And those are drying up. So we just put out a word of caution. Don't let that get in the way of smart, good habits. And don't jump into the craze of the investing world because that's gangbusters right now. And it's easy to lose sight of what's right and what's wrong. And remember, with that reward comes a lot of risk. So we'd hate to see that money go belly up. Yeah, and think, great points. And think about this conceptually, too. If, you know, back in April, the savings rate was at a record high, right, as far as how much money people had in their bank accounts. It was an all-time high. Uh, going back to even the 60s. So what does that tell you, though? Think about that conceptually. It's We know this, right? We've seen the stories, but Americans still have a very difficult time building up savings. And so now that they have significant savings still, even with this next round of 600, 2,000, or whatever else happens, questions we're starting to see, too, and it's, it's not necessarily from our client base directly, but just friends, family, whoever, I've got this extra cash. Should I start investing it? And so it goes back to your point, Ted, of, okay, what's the goal? Cash reserve is always number one priority. Those folks who had cash reserves in place through March and April of 2020, sure, it didn't feel good seeing everything going on, but they had that peace of mind. So now fast forward to where we are now, another round of stimulus coming. The point of the stimulus is to stimulate the economy. So the government wants you to spend it. A sound financial planner might say, "Eh, maybe you need to shore up your cash reserves and save it. So it, it's a it's a really hard scenario because the the purpose was good intentions for the economy based on consumer spending. But knowing that Americans have always had a hard time building up their savings account, I think a lot of people are going to be better served, assuming they can be disciplined, by keeping it in their account and making 0%. It's not about the rate of return in that scenario. Uh, last thing you want to do is, again, have greed come in, go buy Signal or whatever it is, Tad, the, the next hot stock that comes out. And you use your cash reserve to do that, and all of a sudden your cash reserve is gone because the stock goes belly up. So, again, savings rates aren't great. They're at all-time lows. The Fed has indicated the next couple of years they're still going to keep interest rates pretty low in terms of their target rates. So I think you're still going to see this environment for some time, but that's okay, too, because it's about the goal. It's not about the interest rate. I think this whole year has made us focus on the short term a lot more than we had before because if you think about the mentality of – March of 2020 versus now, you know, you said it, Tyler, cash was king back then. And prior to March of 2020, I bet a lot of people that maybe had additional cash or, or quote, too much cash in their accounts were 
feeling like I need to do something with this. But when March hit and the markets dropped and people lost their job, I guarantee people were so thankful that they had the additional cash and they were okay with having a little bit more than they needed for that safety. Fast forward now, we're not even a year ahead, and I guarantee people have flipped a little bit where it's like, I've got all this cash, what do I do with it? And they get antsy to do with it. So, you know, don't lose sight of that long term just for these short term gains or short term, you know, quote opportunities. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that kind of ties back to what we're always saying. Honestly, uh, Tad, you may have talked about it a little bit during the last show, but then now's a good time to really reevaluate priorities. And once you get that base set and you know your priorities, when things like this do come along, you get this, you know, windfall of cash. I, I know it's $600, could be 1200 It's so much easier to answer those questions, know where you should allocate the funds if you've already got the base, the fundamentals already set in place. Yeah, what does John tell everybody whenever they get any sort of windfall or have a major life change? What should they do for the next couple of years? Nothing. <laughs> I know this isn't a yep. huge windfall, but for some people it can be. And so if you're ever hesitant, sit on it. It's like I do the 72-hour test when I want to make a big purchase. I feel like I need something. Take 72 hours. If you still feel like you need it, you usually don't, but it's a good test. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a, just to that point, too, uh, great points out on the dynamics that have shifted in the last 10 months. There, in 2020, it was a record of new brokerage accounts open, some new investment accounts. There's 10 million new accounts open in 2020. That was a record. I forget. I'm not sure how big of a record, but it was it was significant. And so I think people, some people probably had some extra cash, like we're talking about, in their cash reserve, and they said, "Oh, I'll, I'll go and invest it." Uh, you look at social media. You mentioned uh, Elon Musk posting things, and those are other influencers that post these things too. And some of these have gotten into the day trading scenario. And so you you, you get concerned too when you see that. Okay, investing is a great thing, but what's your philosophy? Are you really long term focused, or is it like you said? How are they looking at their feet where they are right now and trying to make a quick buck and it could end up, again, really costing themselves the, the backstop to their financial plan, which is that cash reserve. But I thought that was interesting. You had 10 million new accounts last year. I know nothing about the world. It seems like that's <laughs> counterintuitive to everything. It's it's unprecedented times. I think we're all having to kind of reassess and, and reevaluate and gain our footings again pretty consistently. So. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, definitely a lot going on. Uh, so like I had said, we didn't quite touch on tax planning for 2021 on this segment, but we'll definitely start off the next one with it. Uh, so please stick around. A lot of good things. Uh, if you are liking what you're hearing so far and you want to find other podcasts, you can always go to our website at www.managingtobewealthy.com. Top right section, archive, lots of other content to listen to. So hope you stick around. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on 610 WTVN. Welcome back. You are listening to Managing to Be Wealthy. Once again, I am your host for the evening, Spencer Hager. With me, Tad Harrington, Tyler Cook. All three of us are certified financial planners. We spent the first two uh, segments talking about just some interesting stories, whether it be Bitcoin, Tesla, uh, insert disclaimer whenever, uh, and a couple other items. But for this segment, we want to kind of shift gears, talk about some 2021 tax planning. But before I do that, I just want to remind listeners, viewers, if you like what you hear, you're 
hearing some of these topics and you're thinking you want to find out more, speak to one of uh, the financial planners with Johnny Sestina and company, you can go to www.managingtobewealthy.com. You can also call our office at 614-326-3077. And if you do want to schedule a consultation meeting, it's free of charge. You get an hour just to run your situation and some questions by some of our planners. Uh, You can do that by also going to our website and clicking on Take Action. So 2021 tax planning, and I know to some people that may seem a little bit premature just because just are getting W-2s, 1099s issued, still need to file your 2020 taxes. But I really think for 2021, it helps to reevaluate where you left off 2020. That way you can get ahead of the eight ball as quick as possible moving into 2021. Yeah, 2020, that can give you some good insight as to the, the steps you should take for 2021. One of the first things that we like to look at is just your withholding. So when you have an income stream, whether you're self-employed or work for a business, you either need to withhold taxes or taxes are withheld for you. But you need to make sure that those are in line with what you should be withholding. There could be penalties. And even if not a penalty, you just might be in for a surprise if you underwithheld or if you have to owe come tax time, or even if there's a situation where you might have a big refund. But before that, I even like to go back to 2020 because there's actually still something that you can do for 2020 taxes, and that's with your IRA accounts. Yeah, that's a great point. Not just the IRAs. If you have a high deductible health plan and you're one of those lucky individuals with a health savings account or the HSA, those actually extend to April 15th as well. That's the deadline for both of those. So there are still some opportunities for some extra tax deductions for 2020. That's a really good point, Ted. Yeah, so you can evaluate where you were and then you know work with your accountant and see if an IRA might help you. And then moving forward to 2020, the IRAs are still another good tool. And the IRA, the, the reason that can be such a valuable tool is because you can actually you know, take a deduction if you're under a certain income threshold for the contributions you make to the account. And those accounts are limited. They have maximum contributions that you can make each year. So it just makes the best sense to make sure that you're optimizing that each and every year if you possibly can. And a few of the things, too, that I'm getting a lot of questions about with, with 21 in particular. So this year, right, not not filing last year's taxes this year, but this year, 2021 tax planning, is just what we might see with the new administration and all those changes. So I'm sure you guys have read the same things. There's a bunch of different proposals that are out there. But you know, until something is a law, you don't want to be uh, too aggressive and, and overreact uh, by any means. But there's some things being discussed, like they're talking about eliminating you know, the step up in basis, which affects your investments and some taxes for your, your beneficiaries or your heirs. They're talking about even treating 401k contributions differently. So instead of getting a deduction, it might be in a form of a credit. Uh, they're talking about raising payroll taxes. They're talking about raising the corporate tax rate, talking about raising the marginal tax brackets back to uh, the pre-Trump tax plan, back to the 2016 levels, if you will, roughly 2016, 2017. So the point is there's a lot of moving targets for 2021, uh, but we're going to go through a few things that you can still do no matter what happens to the tax law. And I think this reminder with every administration brings in different challenges, different tra- uh, changes and so forth. But uh, from the standpoint of a, of a tax plan, you don't want to make too many uh, decisions too soon without knowing whether or not something's actually going to become law. And so just be patient. And I think, too, the changes we will see inevitably coming through may not be effective until 2022, right, until next year. Uh, so just, just everybody needs to re- remind themselves, too, that just because you see an article about it or a news headline doesn't mean it's law. 
In fact, you saw that with a lot of these other stimulus packages. It was like, you know, the House approves this. And so I get texts or calls from people, and they say, do you see the stimulus pass? He said, it's not law yet, right? <laughs> see, there's a lot of factors. That, and same thing with taxes, right? We're going to see this as a theme, I think, throughout the next couple of months. And we'll talk about it on the show, of course. But at this time of year, tomorrow, actually, so we're, we're recording this on Thursday. So tomorrow is uh, estimated payment deadline day, right, January 15th. Uh, so in that case, you can make a last-minute estimated payment, try to make sure you're not in, the, in any penalty situations with, uh, with Uncle Sam. Yep, that's a good point. Wait until it's in writing. I think a lot of people forget, too, with, uh, or at least sometimes I even do, just, you know, for still being relatively young in the financial planning industry. But, I mean, the Trump tax cuts, those took more than six months to get passed and went through negotiations. So just wait until something's in writing and, and don't get too caught up in the speculation. But another good one I always like to touch on at the beginning is not not everyone's as fortunate to be able to maximize your 401k contributions, whatever your employer provided retirement plan is. And that's for the 401k, at least it's 19,500. It's a pretty big threshold, but kind of like what we were talking about in the last segment, if you've got a, a decent amount of cash and of course, make sure your cash reserves set in place and you feel comfortable, but maybe it's a good time to, to bump up the, the retirement plan contributions a little bit and, and help yourself out with the taxes and save a little bit more at the same time. It's an interesting dynamic too, because it's not necessarily if you do a well, if you do a traditional tax deferral, you actually save taxes on that money. So if you do a one percent increase to your four hundred one k contribution, you actually won't see a, a direct one percent reduction of your income. It'll be less than that because of the taxes that you're saving as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of calculators online that can help you evaluate what that would look like with your paycheck. Yeah, this is the great time of year to review those things, and it's just time to get organized too. You know, the core of the financial plan is is data gathering. It's it's a never ending beast of a task for a lot of people. And we, it's painful. We get it, but once you get through that and you and you see where you're at in terms of uh, just the data, you're as good as the data, right? So we, we tell people that all the time. We're only as good as the data that we have. And right now, in the tax piece, that's a huge thing. So I actually had a conversation yesterday, Spencer, with somebody about uh, maximizing the the contribution. Uh, they didn't even realize they weren't yet. And by doing that, we were able to squeeze another ten grand out uh, between their contribution and the employer match, and they're not going to notice it on their take-home pay. So it's just little things like that. It's a great time, first quarter of the year, review everything and, and make the changes because you've got you know the full year for those to take effect and really help you. Exactly. It, no time like the present to get organized, get ahead of the curve, and uh, it just feels so much better, especially when it comes to taxes because so many people – I talk to so many people, they get close to tax filing time, and we can't even talk about anything else because they're just so stressed about the taxes. And to that point, I think another big one is as you're going in to file 2020 taxes, think to yourself, is it getting too much to be too much work for you? Is it time that you should at least work with maybe a tax preparer, a CPA, an accountant that can help you out as opposed to shouldering all the work with TurboTax? Because I've seen it many times, my parents, people I work with. They're comfortable doing it for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, one year it's just too much. It's too much stress, uh, bumps the blood pressure too much. So really, take inventory and reevaluate on that as well. Yeah, I can go to WebMD and look up my symptoms, but we all know how, <laughs> how that's going to turn out. <laughs> you have a headache, and you only got three months. Uh, but it's the same thing, you know. You can do a lot of this, and I, I know a lot of people are competent enough that they could figure it out. But do you want to take the time? And do you want to be on the hook if you're wrong? You know, what's the price of having somebody that can 
stand by your side and have confidence in what they calculated should you get an audit or should something go wrong or if you just have to amend something. Exactly. You're paying for a service and, and it's that's what it's about. And it's like we say with financial planning, truly believe everyone's capable enough, smart enough to handle it on their own, but not everyone has all the time in the world to to overlook their finances. So a couple good tips for 2021 tax planning. I hope uh, listeners found it helpful, but we are coming up on another break here. When we come back, we'll switch it again just a little bit on the topic. So a reminder, you're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy. Once again, host for this evening, uh, myself, Spencer Hager, with me, Tad Harrington, Tyler Cook. All three of us are certified financial planners. So last segment, we talked a little bit about some uh, current year 2021 tax planning. Now we kind of want to take a little bit of a shift. We're still going to talk about taxes in a sense, but it's going to be what we call tax diversity. Now, before I jump into that, I kind of want to give a little bit of background. So thinking about the environment today, saving for retirement, comparing it to, say, 30, 40 years ago, you think about parents, grandparents, how they saved for retirement. A lot of them had the good fortunes of having employers that were providing pensions, so it really took a lot of the burden off of the employees. It was more come to work, stay around for a long time, and when you come to retirement, there will be a nice pension to help provide for lifestyle once you reach retirement. But we don't really see that as much nowadays, and that's kind of why this tax diversity or the tax diversification concepts come up. Yeah, with with the tax diversification, now that we don't have those set income streams coming in, we have to create our own. So the burden has definitely shifted from the employer doing a lot of the legwork between the employer and Social Security. You know, imagine that you get your employer, you get your pension from your employer, you get Social Security from the government. You bridge the gap with your own savings if you had any throughout the years. But now it's switched where without that pension, we obviously have to make up that ground somehow. So we have to actually you know, make the decision that we're going to contribute the money. We have to pick the investments. We have to make sure that we don't tap into that prematurely where our parents or the, you know, our grandparents, maybe generation couldn't do that. And so now that we have all these tools that we can put those funds in, we have, we talked about a lot of them today. We we have taxable accounts, banks account, bank accounts. We have 401ks, all these tools. Well, that also gives us a lot of options to pull the money and actually replace our income down the road. And that's where this tax diversity comes in because we just have to be mindful of how each one of those tools is taxed because if we know that, we can actually get pretty creative on reducing our tax bill in retirement. Yeah, I think one of the tough challenges here when you're looking at this, these different buckets you mentioned, you know, brokerage account, which is essentially paying tax as you go, uh, the traditional 401k plan where you get tax deductions now, today, and then the Roth 401k where you get tax a Roth IRA, even you get tax benefits in the future. So it's it's a matter of you know when do you want to pay the tax. That's really what I talk to people about is you're going to pay the tax at some point, right? Uncle Sam's not letting me off the hook. So the diversification aspect would be tapping into all three of those. But to your point, Tad, it's, that's where the massaging and planning comes in, and on the how much do you put in each one of those buckets? And that's that's a personal preference for a lot of people. You know, some people are yeah, I want the tax deduction as soon as I can get it, or the tax benefit is a better way to say that as soon as I can get it. 
while, while others think, you know, I'm going to play the long game here and I'm going to enjoy some tax-free treatment in retirement. So you also hear when you talk about things like, for example, the Roth IRA or Roth 401k, there's always been the conspiracy theorists that say that you know, the government will change the rules and, and you paid tax on it going in and you're going to pay tax on it coming out. Whereas the rule today is you take money out of your Roth accounts when you're retired or beyond 59 and a half, in most cases, uh, you're not paying any tax. So there's some people that are saying, oh, they're going to change that rule. You'll pay tax on it too. I suppose 2020 reminds us that anything's possible. Uh, <laughs> things certainly can change. But you really have to kind of narrow down when do you want the benefit because you're not going to get get it on both sides of the equation. Right? So it's, a, it's massaging it. It's building that up. But I will say this, comparing a strategy to where somebody has a million bucks, let's say they got a million bucks set aside in their 401k, they're 65, ready to retire. Well, do they really have a million bucks or do they have more like 800000 after tax? Right? So, so when you're in that future scenario, you're going to wish you had some money that did not have tax implications or ramifications. So recognizing today, if you're willing to sacrifice, certainly for somebody who's in their 20s and 30s, just really getting into their career, take advantage of that Roth, uh, that Roth category because that, that's something that you will, will uh, benefit from significantly in the future. Um, somebody who's closer to retirement, maybe they're looking for other deductions and things like that. So it really is a combination of all those things when you're talking about being diversified with your, your tax strategy. And when I think about this, it almost feels like sometimes when we talk about this stuff, it is theoretical, but I'll use myself as the example. So I won't lie, I'm in my mid-20s, still a pretty young guy. So for me, it's a pretty easy answer. I use the Roth IRA. It's tax-free growth. It makes sense for me. But even at the same time, I have an old uh, rollover IRA from when I worked at Target. And I, it, you know, not a huge amount, but still a couple grand. And I started thinking I, I should just convert it to a Roth account. Just do it, take the hit today, pay the taxes, and know it grows tax free. And it's a good recommendation. But even when I thought that it was, ooh, do I want to take the tax hit today? Doesn't make sense. Even though I know. Ideally, my earnings grow in the future. I need that tax deduction for doing something like a traditional 401k, like we're saying, something like that to help me down the line. But that's kind of what we're talking about. It's those situations where you have to think it through. And I think a lot of times people get fixated on how do I get the most tax savings today? And that's all they can think about. And you kind of got to you got to look at all these different aspects at the same time to come up with the best decision. Yeah, it can snowball. So if you just take that one-sided approach and say, I need to limit my tax exposure today. Tyler said it. Those are going to be paid at some point. So that's just going to snowball. And then you're, you'll get to some point in your life where the government's going to make you take that. It's age 72. They'll make you take a required minimum distribution. And if you've amassed a, a, a lot of wealth in a traditional IRA, that's going to be a huge tax bill. But you know, to your to your point of the rollover IRA, I think you also have to look at what's available to to me today and what's going to be available to me in the future. Obviously, we don't have our crystal ball, but you know the Roth IRA has limits or limitations as to who can contribute. So if you have the opportunity to do that now, you just have to know that, hey, that I might not have that opportunity moving forward, so I will have time to make these more traditional IRA where they're taxed later. And that gives you that nice diversity where I look at it as trying to level out the tax bill over time or at least retirement, you know, if you go into retirement, um, we've talked about retiring uh, with very little income. And what that does is that puts you in a very low tax bracket, which then opens up the door for lower tax rates across the board, not just income tax, but uh, capital gains tax. Uh, if you had any payroll tax, it can lower that. 
If you are on Medicare or taking Social Security, it can lower the tax on that. So, again, you have to take that comprehensive look at it and not just be isolated to each individual account. Yeah, great point, too. In the, in the crystal ball aspect, you have to make some assumptions today when you're weighing the pros and cons of a, a Roth contribution versus a traditional because – what, what happens if tax, tax rates are, are higher or lower than they are today when you retire? Well, of course, that's going to impact on what would have been a better strategy today, meaning do I take the tax reduction now or do I take it later when tax rates are higher or lower? So, so that's the challenge. Is we've got all sorts of fancy tools and calculators that we use to narrow this down, but you've got to recognize, too, you're making some assumptions with certain things, and that's why we think diversifying your tax strategy is important, just like it is diversifying your portfolio if you're spreading it around between these three buckets that we're talking about, uh, you know, the traditional money, which you get tax deductions today, Roth is tax deductions later, and brokerage account is tax deductions as you go, or tax benefits as you go in terms of what you're paying. Uh, that is literally what gives you some peace of mind because knowing you've got not all your eggs in one basket, but you're, you're diversified and you have options. We want to give people options. That's the key. Yeah, well said. And I think kind of to put a bow on this, another thing is uh, that comes into play is if you are one of those people who's nearing retirement or think you are, just knowing what lifestyle you need to be accounting for, maybe above and beyond Social Security or some of those other kind of fixed uh, streams of revenue for you throughout retirement, that helps you kind of narrow it down as well. But I'll tell you what, guys, it went by quick again. It always does with the radio shows. But to the listeners, I hope you found it interesting. And I think as you can kind of tell, uh, we try and get into some interesting stuff, help you out. But it's complex. I'm sure we could talk about it for an hour. It's a lot to unpack. So just a reminder, if you do want to learn more, schedule a meeting. Always feel free to go to our website, click Take Action. But thank you for listening. Hope you come back next time. And uh, you've been listening to Managing New Wealthy on 610 WTVN.